Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine has been put on hold as possible new side effects emerge. We'll discuss that, plus President Biden's balancing act in the face of a policing crisis. And finally, Nikki Haley, potential Republican 2024 hopeful, does a political 180. Today, the CDC and the FDA, in a joint statement, ordered a pause in the administering of Johnson & Johnson vaccine after six women reported cases of a rare blood clot. This is out of the 6.8 million Americans that have received the J&J vaccine so far. So we're talking about an incident rate here of one in a million. But what is concerning to the Biden administration is the effect that this news is going to have on vaccine hesitancy, which is a real battle that they've been engaged in as they're trying to get 300 million Americans fully vaccinated. So in administering this pause, the Biden administration has made clear that all federal mass vaccination sites or sites that have federal support will certainly pause. They're not dictating it to states, but CNN's reporting is that when this was presented to the nation's governors on a conference call, no governor objected to halting and pausing the administration of the J&J vaccine. In fact, many states are already announcing plans to move people who have appointments that they were supposed to get the J&J vaccine to appointments where they will either receive the Moderna or Pfizer vaccine. And in terms of meeting President Biden's goal of 200 million shots in arms by the end of his first 100 days, White House COVID-19 coordinator Jeff Zients said today Biden will still meet that goal. The administration is not dependent on the J&J vaccine to do so. Here he is. Let me start by saying that this um, announcement will not have a significant impact on our vaccination program. We have more than enough supply of Pfizer and Moderna vaccines to continue the current pace to meet the president's goal of 200 million shots by his 100th day in office. But as my colleague, Chief White House Correspondent Caitlin Collins has been reporting, White House officials are privately voicing concerns about how this is going to contribute to that vaccine hesitancy problem. Remember, the Biden administration has a major ongoing public messaging campaign designed to combat this very kind of hesitancy, especially in key demographic groups, people of color, conservatives, and young Americans. So when they see news that there is a potential bad side effect in one of the vaccines, no matter how minuscule the chances are, that can create a real significant problem and one that the Biden administration is moving pretty quickly to try to address. This all comes at a very concerning point with the spread of the virus. We have seen these variants starting to take hold. No place more concerning than Michigan where Governor Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor there, had a private phone call with Joe Biden and was pleading for more vaccine to be sent to her state. But the CDC director was clear, saying more vaccine is not the solution to a variant that is spreading with increasing rates. The solution is to quadruple down on the mitigation standards, 
social distancing, hand washing, wearing masks. What Gretchen Whitmer refuses to do right now is put her state back into a lockdown like it was last spring or last summer and where she faced a huge amount of protest for doing so. So what you have now is a really troubling brew, it seems, because you have the potential now for an increase in vaccine hesitancy as cases are on the rise due to the spread of variants, all while public patience is running thin because Americans are told there is light at the end of the tunnel. All of that combined puts the Biden administration in a precarious position as it's hoping to close out its first 100 days well into defeating COVID-19. Now, here's what else matters today. President Biden is confronting some of the first major protests of his first three months as president, prompted by the police killing of Dante Wright in Minnesota. The administration obviously does not want to replicate the heavily militarized response to the protests we saw last summer under former President Trump. And those protests, as you know, received a really incredible amount of backlash. But the Biden administration also doesn't want to appear to be absent in the face of violent reactions to Wright's death. This is a balancing act for the Biden administration. And President Biden has often touted police officers, their bravery, the work that they do day in and day out when they put their lives on the line to protect their communities. And yet he has spoken out against the systemic racism in policing and the need for America to fix that. This is why his administration has started leaning more heavily into the legislation on Capitol Hill, the George Floyd policing reform legislation, instead of forming that commission that he had promised as a part of his campaign promises. This also comes as the head of the police department, the police chief in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, has resigned. The officer involved in the shooting of Dante Wright has also resigned. The mayor there spoke today saying he hopes those developments will bring some calm to the community, even though he understands that everyone wants to see justice occur to the fullest extent of the law. And finally today, a bit of 2024 presidential politics. The former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, who also served as the ambassador to the United Nations under Donald Trump in the first couple years of his presidency, she, as you know, is very much considered a potential 2024 presidential candidate. You may recall that back in January, she gave an interview to Politico in the immediate aftermath of the insurrection on January 6th, where she said about Donald Trump, we need to acknowledge he let us down. Quote, he went down the path he shouldn't have, and we shouldn't have followed him, and we shouldn't have listened to him, and we can't let that ever happen again. Okay, that was just a few months ago. Now, Nikki Haley held a press conference with reporters, and she was asked if she would run for president if her former boss, Donald Trump, was also seeking the Republican Party nomination. Here was her answer. I would not run if President Trump ran. And I would talk to him about it. You know, I mean, that's something that we'll have a conversation about at some point if that decision is something that has to be made. Now, there are two things going on here. One, Nikki Haley is acknowledging political reality. If Donald Trump does decide to seek the 2024 Republican nomination, he will be the overwhelming favorite. He still has the base of the party very much aligned with him and in support of him. So 
she probably wouldn't run. She's just acknowledging the reality that he would be such an elephant in the room and so difficult to beat in a Republican primary that I think she's just acknowledging what would naturally take place, which is that Donald Trump would have a real ability to just clear the field. But there's something else going on here with Nikki Haley. She misread Republican Party politics in the aftermath of January 6th. When she gave those quotes to Politico, she thought Donald Trump was going to be done in the Republican Party because he had just incited an insurrection. She misread the fact that the Republican Party base was going to remain in lockstep with Trump even after January 6th and completely loyal to him, and that support of Donald Trump was going to be a litmus test inside the Republican Party. And so part of what she's doing here also is trying to curry favor with her former boss, the former president, as well as his supporters by saying, hey, if he ran, I'd bow out. I'd allow him to move forward with his quest for the nomination. She's trying to give a nod to his position of power in hopes that it makes up for some of her comments that got her into hot water with Trump and his inner circle, and more importantly, his voters, who she needs if she's going to truly be successful at running for president in 2024. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.